Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we're begin- <laughs> we are gonna we are gonna be talking about a heck of a film. Kill and film. kill again. Yes. Kill and kill again. James Ryan, four times world martial arts champion, a living weapon of destruction. In 1980, he accepted the challenge to take on a battalion of karate commandos and kill or be killed. Now, James Ryan is back as Steve Chase in the most explosive action adventure of our time. This time, his assault squad of five international superstars must face an enemy that could devastate any army on Earth. The karate clones of the Mad Marduk. And his evil champion of champions, the Optimus. Steve Chase. Must have been domestic. The Fly. Gypsy Billy. Gorilla. Hot Dog. And the magnificent Candy Cane. I had to see for myself how good you really were. Together, they must battle for a prize more valuable than any trophy. The freedom of the entire world. It'll be expensive. Shall we say two million? Five million. In the air. On the ground. And in the arena of death. Let the fun begin. When black belts clash, steel fists collide. In a martial arts free-for-all of global proportions. This is the all-new Kill and Kill Again. The one motion picture that will annihilate every concept you've ever had about the limits of human strength, conditioning, and endurance. Kill and Kill Again. The challenge continues. Okay, well, I mean, I think you get the idea from that trailer. Um, in lieu of a synopsis, uh, you had suggested that we just start chopping it up. Um, so, I mean, let's give the basics. It's a karate movie. It's mm-hmm. What was the year it was from? 81. From 1981. Um, I It follows... So... I mean, I guess we ought to give some sort of overview. It's it's a pretty template. I guess it follows. Um, what was the Enter the Dragon? I mean, it's the they got kind of go to a secret island, and mm-hmm. there's a bad guy who has an army of you know, it's not kung fu, it's like karate fighters. Yeah, uh, whatever. Same concept though. I don't know enough evil, difference between martial arts to know like what an evil know. scheme, and there's it ends in a you know a match like a karate mm-hmm. match for the so it's very paint by numbers. They have kind of an A team. There's a main guy who's, of course, is is modeling himself on Bruce Lee, but they have a relatively. Um, 
I think it's fairly offensive by today's standards. Yeah, we, uh, we can get into paint, the offensive things. Paint by number, um, you know, kind of um, the ragtag crew of elite um, martial artists and they go and guess what? They win. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's really, you know, the, the disappointing thing to me is there are elements of this that were really enjoyable, but I had to watch it in two sittings because I fell asleep in the middle of it. And it's the- over two hours, right? <laughs> yes, it's so hour long. And, well, it's an hour and 40 minutes, so which is a little and long it, for this. This should be like it feels a little minutes. longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, feels, it feels even longer. Um, where do we start? God, so, there's so much to talk about in this movie. Well, let's just start from the very beginning. So the very the opening credits have this great kind of dramatic disco music that I thought was excellent. And so I'm sitting there, I'm I'm watching it, and 30 yeah, seconds in. Like, my right first, off the bat, you're like Okay, I mean, here my we go. First, yeah, my first thought is, you son of a bitch, I'm in, right? <laughs> and then they never use that music ever again. I thought I thought they're going to play this theme or some variation of it every five or ten minutes. They never yeah. play it again. And the no. other, the score... No, they should have. The score in <laughs> it is terrible. The score is... Did you think the score was awful? Yeah, but I mean, it's such an awful soup of awful ingredients. Of awfulness, that, yeah. That that didn't particularly stand out to me. I mean, the but I was just like, why are fun because they're so dated, and you know, oh, they're yeah. obviously at the time they're trying to be like stylish and cool. I loved how the main guy. So his name is James Ryan, and he's a very he's an American guy. Uh, really? Yeah, I thought he was Canadian or something. I He's got a weird, but, like he talks weird. But I think, well, okay. So let's I'm talk not, about I'm, that. I'm sorry, I don't want to offend Canadians. I'm just saying no, he, no. he speaks English, but there's it. It feels like an accent of some. Well, you know, I can't so, place it. So I did very minimal research on this, but I looked it up. This movie is so you start watching it, and you pretty much immediately realize at least some of the people are dubbed in this, right? The movie is South African. That's why, oh. you know, it seems weird. Now, I don't know if he is dubbed, but we'll get into the, the characters as we go along, but some of them are definitely dubbed. And I don't know if you've felt this or not, but especially some of the villains, you know, they're mostly white, but you look at them and you're like, well, these people aren't American. Right. Did you feel that way? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I made a joke to you while I was texting you while I was watching. I made a joke to you that it's like somehow everywhere they go, there's, you know, dozens of assistant football coaches ready to fight them, karate fight them. But I mean, they all have feathered, you know, feathered early 80s hair and mm -hmm. like a lot of them have mustaches and they're all wearing tight you know, t-shirts and slacks, but <laughs> tight it, slacks. But I think reason. it seems a little weird because they're, they're South African. But anyway, so after the that, opening credit makes a lot of sense because everyone in this movie with exceptions, you could count on one hand. Everybody in this movie is white. It's a karate yeah. movie in which why are there no fights, Asians in this? Everyone fights karate. <laughs> yeah. 
everyone fights karate and they're all white and they're mostly all yeah. white men. I mean, we have a couple of mm-hmm. we have a couple of women who are like blonde, you know, and of course in the end tournament Candy Kane, mm-hmm. our hero and her turns out to be she's the daughter of the kidnapped scientist, but she also turns out to be a secret agent. Mm-hmm. It's Candy Kane with a K in case you two K's double K. Yeah, you you couldn't put it together. So let's go Um, to she fights a woman. So there, you know, so everybody pairs off against their nemesis in the match. And of course, they've got another blonde woman for Candy Kane to fight. Um, So let's go to right after the credits. The opening thing is it's it's at this hotel and they're they're having this outdoor uh presentation that they're so going stupid. to give an award to this guy for being the greatest martial artist in the world or whatever. And while this guy's up there speaking to this crowd, and while that's going on, they're cutting back and forth to our star, uh, who I've already forgotten his name. His name is James Ryan, and his character is it's Steve something. Uh, Steve it's Chase. not even... Yeah, but it's... I mean, Steve Chase counts but i mean it's not like you know it could be you know rick Steele, uh-huh. or you know it could be this is that kind of movie he really needs to be it, it needs to be better than that but yeah anyway so two things let me take over for a sure, second sure, two yeah. things we notice about him right away one he could care less about getting this award mm-hmm. and two he's always fighting everyone everywhere <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's like and it's never defined who he's fighting. I mean, until the end when there's a brainwashed um, legion of all uh, karate fighting, you know, guys mm-hmm. that he's fighting. There's just dudes coming out of the woodwork trying to jump this guy. And it's never established. Yeah. I whether was... they're trying to rob him or take his title or why. But there's always, you know, between six and 20 guys just mm-hmm. coming out of doorways and like, yeah! and you're just and it like, was, what is happening? It was totally unclear if those were bad guys that were trying to kill him in this opening, you know, opening segment, or were they part of, it was some choreographed thing where they were going to fight him, you know, as part of this presentation of this word award. I didn't know. Did you, I mean, Nope. It was one of the great mysteries of the movie. <laughs> I think that I think that they just thought, you know, it's karate and so it's its own reward. I mean, when the guy is given the speech, it, it's also it's clearly there are several places in the movie. The movie clearly thinks it is an action comedy. Mm-hmm. Like this is supposed to be a rollicking fun ride of the finest karate fighting dudes and the wittiest kind of secret agent sexy banter Mm -hmm. and like hilariously funny hijinks they've got somebody on their team named hot dog and he's just a buffoon like that's his whole (laughs) bit is that he's he's the crazy one right Mm um and he can't really fight karate but he wins he's just kind of a schlub guy kind of crazy Yeah. yeah Um, so no, it, that's, they don't bother to clarify that. Um, and I would say that in a movie that feels like it's three hours long, a solid hour and a half of it is just 
undefined karate fighting. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, just these sequences just happen willy-nilly. And not well-choreographed karate fighting either, I, I would say. Yeah, it's strange because I would say it's pretty clear that the main characters know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, they're not actors who were taught karate. They, these folks A couple of these know guys, it. I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I looked it up. A couple of the guys, and I think they were the kind of the older-looking guys, um, they said were South African uh, uh, martial arts champions. So, you know, yeah. they weren't and actors. And that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. No, and they don't look like actors and they don't act. Yeah. <laughs> but um but but my beef is not that it's like lousy karate for whatever, you know. I mean, so mm-hmm. that you can and they're in great shape like you mm-hmm. would expect really sure. really high level practicing, you know, people who compete in tournaments and stuff would be. Um and there's some some pleasure to like these high kicks and leaps and flips and stuff that they do, but it does feel extremely staged. Mm-hmm. Like in the in the kung fu movies, in the you know Jackie Chan certainly, and and the ones that come out of China, um, they're hitting each other. Yeah, <laughs> you know when Jackie Chan gets kicked in the head, Jackie Chan was getting kicked in the head, and um, I know that they know they choreograph it, so he knows the kick is coming and how to take a kick. Right. But you could shoot it in slow mo and really see that you know, foot connect with the face and watch the. Watch the skin on the face go, boosh, 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 you know? Yeah. Uh, and in this, it was very like... Um, they were moving in slow motion. Like they were on stage. Yeah, yeah he'd throw yeah. a kick and it would sort of, he'd kick right next to the guy's head and the guy'd go, oh, you know? And and it was just kind of like, mm-hmm. I, you guys do it. So why aren't aren't you doing it? I, I couldn't get my head around that. Um, yeah. But... There was so much I couldn't get my head around. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's cut back to after. So, yeah, okay. Steve, so he, whatever. He gets the award. He gets the award. He a bunch of guys. He ruins the parties, kicking yeah, people he ruins the party. into other people in the pool. And it's a mess. He meets this beautiful woman, Candy Kane. And he's going to go up to her, um, her suite. So they go up to the suite. And there's a battle there because somebody has bugged the room and then the room service guy comes in and it's just like this 50 year old guy who fights him. Why this guy is fighting the, you know, this world champion Kung Fu guy. I don't know. So then candy cane tells him that her father, who is this renowned, I think Pulitzer Pulitzer prize winning scientist has been, he said that. Yeah. There was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been kidnapped and she tells him, and this is a direct quote from the movie. I texted you this because I thought this was so funny. My father's been working on a project to extract fuel from potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kidnapped. But there's more. There's more. Well, there's more. Okay, what's the more? Tell me the more. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not just the incredibly valuable formula he has for extracting fuel pr- from potatoes. There's also a byproduct, right? And there's a byproduct of the process that is a mind control drug. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this this incredible um, this incredible process he has for potatoes 
makes, you know, gasoline and petroleum based fuels irrelevant, which is unspeakably valuable. And they're like, Um, we have plenty of potatoes. So that's right. The process of it produces a byproduct, which acts as a mind control drug on people. So it's also this uh, incredible weapon. Mm -hmm. So he's been kidnapped by a bad guy. And his name is Marduk, M-A-R-D-U-K. Right. And he's basically just, I guess, South African. Um, and I'm not sure he is dubbed, but he has the kind of voice of the guy who would do the dubbing. Yeah, I was trying to, I was, I went back and forth on that. Is this guy dubbed or is he not dubbed? I wasn't sure, but is, I do is know he had- that fake or is it real? Oh, that is beard was totally fake. That was a okay. totally fake beard. That was one of the worst talks, beards. He has, a, he has a voice like this. Yeah. He has a voice like a dubber. That was one of the worst beards I think I've ever seen in a movie. And it was like- why not either, maybe the guy couldn't grow a beard, so why not just have him not have a beard? I don't know why the beard is important. Or get somebody with a beard. Why use a fake beard? I don't. I don't. I didn't understand that part. I mean, add it to the list of things we don't understand. Yeah. So, 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 so there's, she, so Candy Cane introduces him we find this out, and she's basically taking him to the money guys, right? Mm-hmm. There's some sort of, but they're the government. They're like government. They're involved with the government, right? I don't remember. I, I just I was already glazing over. I don't know if they're like the Illuminati or if they're the government, but it's under the table. Like they're not. He's not in front of Congress or something. It's this sort of backroom meeting with these, mm-hmm. this handful of old white guys. Well, oh, and one right. thing was, let me interrupt for just one second, because I thought this was hilarious. They had gotten satellite imagery of this Marduk's place where he has the scientists and he has all these people there. And I think the 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 main, uh, the Steve Chase guy asked something about that. And they said, oh, if you have enough money, uh, you can just buy a satellite from NASA. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> that's not real you can't just buy a nasa satellite i don't think you know well, in so they, they negotiate because he's like i'm retired or i don't want to do it right he plays hard to get yeah and and then it, we get around to like if i do this it's gonna be expensive and one of the guys goes um shall we say two million and he goes five million Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they both kind of go pale but then they say done i mean that's the negotiation if i do this it's gonna be expensive and then he says i get to pick my team he has a couple conditions so they're like well we want candy cane to go along with you and he's like absolutely not like his line in the sand is that's the only deal breaker is that and i don't And that's a running thing no girls basically yeah, basically, it's it's not that he has an issue with her in particular. It's just like, no girls allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but guess what? She like stows along, or you know, she she's involved somehow, and he comes around on on the whole thing. I think they end up being romantically involved, don't they? Or yeah, and that was funny. We'll get we'll get to that. That that was funny. What a surprise. Um, so, so then then we enter the phase of the movie where he's like going around and collecting his buddies. Mm-hmm. And the buddies are, yeah, this is very much the, um, you son of a bitch I'm in, you know, this is mm-hmm. very much that. And it's way too long. Like this is probably half an hour of the movie 
if not more, him going around and finding these people. And it's Gorilla, who is, guess guess who Gorilla is. Gorilla he's, is a, he's a giant black man. He's Jamaican, yeah. Um, so that was problematic that his name was Gorilla, you know. I mean, for 19, for exploitation stuff. I guess then it's 80s, okay. It's not, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying it's not surprising. It's certainly not. Yeah, I mean, back then it was. South Africa surprising, but it's cringeworthy yeah. now. Oh, yeah. No, oh, no, I guess. Gorilla, is it? I guess nobody cared back then, but yeah, it's, it's not okay now for sure. Um, and you know, and they have him when he fights, then he's like beats his chest like a gorilla and they really hammer it home. They're like, get it. And you're like, yeah, we, we, we got it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was crystal clear from the second, you know, that you established that. Um, so, and then there's, oh, there's like the fly. Okay. There's the fly. The fly was awesome. Who doesn't want to doesn't want to come and doesn't want to be found, and does all this crazy stuff like sort of floats a couple inches across the floor like they they make him mystical in some way. Well, so Steve goes he goes to his he lives in like a high rise apartment or something, and when he shows up there, the door magically opens, and then magically closes behind him, and when he goes into this sort of loft that the fly lives in he just kind of floats in on his feet. You know, that was a hilarious. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have him on a wire, mm-hmm. but he's like on his tippies hanging. So his tippy toes are just touching the ground yeah. and he just kind of glides in sideways. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're like, what is happening? Is that a, then they have that thing where he convinces they're sitting there Lotus style and he's hovering about three feet off the ground and then he lowers himself oh, and he's me, like, let me stop you for just of... once. Let me stop you for just one second. So he floats in. He's like, he's like, you son of a bitch. I'm not in. And he like jumps out the window <laughs> and scales down and, and runs across the street. So then There's he has chase. to go. Yeah. So for some reason he won't do it. So he has to go and track him down. And then then we come to the part that you were talking about where he's, okay, he's finally right. like, yeah, I thought that was so really then, funny because he like jumps out the window and scales down and it's like, okay, what is this all about? So he finds him again. He catches up with them. And then the, the, their sort of final test is this mystical riddle where it's pseudo philosophical baloney where he's hovering they're sitting you know left and screen left and screen right and mm-hmm. he's hovering a, a foot or two above the ground and then just sort of cross-legged and lotus style and then he, he hovers himself down and they have some cryptic dialogue about um was that real or a trick you know oh well if it was a trick how would you discern a trick from the re-? you know what i mean and, and and then so steve chase sort of focuses real hard and there's some joke where we cut away from him and the flies says something like, I know you couldn't do it. And then he, he does a little double take and there's Steve Chase hovering a few feet above the ground. Did you get that? I mean, they no, were going for no. something, but, but then he's like, all right, well, if you, you can either do it or you fooled me and figured out the trick, but either way, you son of a bitch, I'm Yeah, then he switches to, you son of a bitch, I'm in, right? And the funny thing is, the fly is just this middle-aged, balding white guy, Yeah, right? Yeah. And his his fighting, he doesn't seem particularly, you know, there's there's one little sequence in his fight that they speed up, 
mm -hmm. make him look faster. Like he does this little like scamper towards the other guy and they speed it up. So it's like, bloop, bloop. I'm like, is the five supposed to be just really what? Why the fly? Like, does he regurgitate on his food? <laughs> does he, no can he climb walls? Is, does, is he hard to catch? Can he fly? All of these things are sort of suggested at, but when he fights, yeah. he's just doing karate. Yeah. It's not like different karate or magic karate or, mm -hmm. right? It's just, yeah. he's yet another middle-aged white guy. Anyway, so that's the fly. And then there's like, was it Gypsy Gyp or? Gypsy Billy, yeah. And this Gypsy guy- Gypsy Billy, lived, who's basically just a redneck. He and lives he lives in a trailer in park. some kind of weird, it's not even like a trailer park. These people live in- I don't even know what you'd describe the things that they live in. It's like they're semi-homeless kind of, you know, they live Maybe. in, I don't know, these, they're not really trailers. They're just, um, yeah, almost like all I really lives in like a school bus or something. You know, all I really know about South Africa, I know from District Nine. So yeah. maybe it's sort of a, you know, maybe it's a sort of a South African shanty take on. I, yeah, what it seems like, and he pays like is. his, uh, his uh, right, he pays security rent. deposit was five dollars. <laughs> he pays rent to this old this old guy sitting there in a chair, and we know that he's like a karate guy. Like I don't, he's they this sort of karate and deal, yeah. Who's become a drunk. And there's a fight there. There's a fight everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's a fight. Mm -hmm. He's like, it's $5. And he's like, what about the discount? It's $3. And then a bunch of other hillbilly karate types come out of the woodwork to sort of, I guess they work for the landlord. I mean, it's not clear. It's just yeah. another. And everybody knows you know, karate. It's on one karate fight. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong here, because I am not uh, an expert in martial arts. Mm -hmm. But Maybe. it is karate specifically right i mean what they're doing to, like me, it to it, me i don't know it read everyone read it read as very pure japanese karate mm -hmm. and and they're all making the sounds you know the kind of hoops and i i mean if you're a karate um enthusiast forgive me if i'm saying offensive things about karate I'm, i don't have anything against karate but it was jarring to me to see a movie so full of white men fighting in such a distinctly Japanese style, mm -hmm. right? They all sounded Japanese in the, in the, you know, kill, you know, mm -hmm. they were just doing really honoring a very specific version of the art form. And I was like, and yet there's no, there's not a single Japanese character in here. They go to a sensei. The sensei is a middle-aged white guy. Mm -hmm. I, and and I, I, maybe I, I don't, I'm not intending to be um, inadvertently racist. Like, well, why does karate mean you have to have a Japanese person? I just, it, it was a, it was a startling absence in, and I'm talking legions of middle-aged white guys fighting almost every scene and literally everybody is fighting karate, right? Mm -hmm. There's no one with a pistol. There's no one with a knife. No, there's, there's no never one that does guns, really for the most part. Yeah. No one doing judo. No one doing, you know, <laughs> there's just, it's just all pure karate. Like they're all in one big dojo together or something, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I felt exactly the same way. And the one, the one thing that I would say about, the the main guy, the Steve Chase guy, he's built exactly like Bruce Lee. 
He probably yeah, very weighs lean, about a, very muscular. Yeah, I weighs about 130 pounds, and that was the funny thing. It's an ongoing thing in the movie with this candy cane who turns out that we'll get to that, but she turns out to be, you know, she's sort of the love interest, I guess that it's like girls can't fight. And you find out once they get to, you know, South Africa, which we're not told that it's South Africa, but close to this Marduk's uh, lair or whatever that she can fight. And she's a slim woman, but she's bigger than what he is. You know, I'm thinking like, I think this, Candy Cane could probably take him if you wanted to, you know, because he's just this little guy, but he is ripped. I mean, he, like I say, he's built exactly like Bruce Lee, essentially. Yeah. He's like a white Bruce Lee with long feathered hair, you know, with with Bruce Lee hair. Yeah. I mean, he's that same shag, you know, I guess updated to 1982 because he parts it in the middle or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. it's very, very, very stylized. There's a lot of, you know, Bruce Lee ripoff stuff in here. And and the thing that I thought again, was I great. Mean, he could do it. I don't doubt that he, you know, you can see him do oh, yeah. moves. He, he seems like, legit. Yeah. He's not bad. Know, I mean, he's charismatic. That's not, a, that's not a problem with the movie. There's just mm-hmm. everything else is. <laughs> and I loved his style. And a couple other guys were the same way. Where he would wear button up shirts and it would be completely unbuttoned all the way down to the bottom button. That was the only, yeah. why, why like even have it? Why not just have the shirt unbuttoned entirely? But why, the, why wear a shirt? Yeah. Just <laughs> walk around shirtless. You know, I mean, if, it, you know, if it's a, it, he can pull it off, right. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, the guy's all amazing. Right? So it's just for propriety's sake that you keep this shirt. I don't know. And we were, you know, we were children at this time. Oh, I, I have to, I should have said this at the very beginning. So this movie I saw when I was eight or nine years old on HBO and loved it at the time. And sure. that's a, and being eight or nine years old, that's going to, it's going to play into later what I'm going to say about my real thoughts about this movie. But I have not seen it since then. So, you know, I was a child then. Did people actually dress like this in 1981? I mean, is this only something in movies or were guys walking around with their shirt buttoned all the way, unbuttoned all the way down to their belly button? Was that well, a thing? I never. In I movies? Mean, we, were, we were children. I never. Uh, maybe in L.A. I, you know, not in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Yeah. You probably would have got your ass kicked, right? And if you walked around like that do you know though it was a style yeah it it was a style if you you know you wear a a Mm t-shirt and you tuck in the t-shirt and then you'd have like a button down over top of it and you maybe just would button the bottom couple of things yeah i remember us doing that you would yeah you could even tuck in the you could even tuck in the the button down so it sort of bloused out and then if then you could have maybe it unbuttoned all the way to your navel and that was a kind of um that was a kind of a look I'd see a lot, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anybody that rocked it without the t-shirt underneath. I mean, I suppose if you were five, eight, one twenty-five, and, and you were, you know, like 8% body fat or something, maybe you would do that, but I don't know. Anyway. So we, who have we got? We got, we got gorilla. We've got what is gypsy Billy? Was that yeah. his name? Next is hot dog. And we get, wait, we got the fly. Yeah, we got the fly. And we and we got candy cane. So mm-hmm. then we go to that that's right. Then we go to hot dog and we find hot dog in some sort of a warehouse 
with a bunch of guys and they're all drinking and they're all, he's got a fistful of money and they're all, th- it's, it's like a game of Russian roulette. Um, he has a loaded gun and he puts a bullet in it and then everybody antes up everyone who's still in antes up. And then he just kind of tosses the gun and the gun hits the ground and goes off and ricochets around and, you know, everybody dives for cover and then they ante up again. He puts another bullet in and that's the game they're playing. And it's supposed to establish, I suppose, this guy's crazy. And let, Um, let me, let me stop you there for a second, because I was thinking watching this, I wouldn't pretend to be a gun expert at all. I don't know that much about guns. If you throw a gun on the ground, will it fire? Well, like, do you not have to pull the trigger? You movies know, teach just, us. If you just movies throw it, it shoots. Movies teach us that a dropped gun goes off, you know, <laughs> to disaster. I would miraculous. think you'd have to pull the trigger. I'm but, not saying it. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I think by design, a gun is not supposed to fire when dropped. I don't think so. Maybe if you have the hammer cocked back, and I, I don't know enough about guns either, but. I, I think they're kind of designed not to do that. I would think I would think that would be a bad thing. Like in war, if you accidentally dropped your gun, it's just going to start shooting. That would seem weird. And I don't know. The, and then, here was another thing that I was thinking. I don't know the timeline exactly of this, but. <laughs> we design our guns to fire under the slightest impact. Even the impact of its own weight will send this gun off. But th- so. This hot dog, so you have the hot dog guy and gorilla. They seemed, and I, again, I don't know the, maybe you would know the timeline on this. Hot dog and gorilla seemed very much like Murdoch and, um, what was, yeah, B.A. Baracus was 100%. Yeah. So had the A team already started at this point and they were just ripping I, off the A team? I think so. Okay. It, 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 with then they like once they had everybody, they all piled in the car to like, well, okay, let's go. And it wasn't a van like the A team and it wasn't the A team theme, but it was very much like it was that. Like now we're all in our mobile and here we go to have the adventure. I love it when a plan comes together. So yeah, I really felt like hey, the A team is hot right now. Let's let's yeah. rip that off. Yeah, I don't remember the exact dates on the A team, but I remember you know I we were the same age. We were young, and that was something that I liked to watch with my dad. Oh yeah, I love. We, the we would watch that at night after dinner. It came on at eight or something like that. I forget what night, but we we really enjoyed that together. So. That's right yeah. about the right time. I think it was probably season one or season two under its belt, and it was a phenomenon. You know, it was very so, popular. Surprisingly, the A Team started in 1983. So, is it possible that the A Team ripped this movie off? Is that possible, or is it just a coincidence? <sighs> I guess it's possible. <laughs> or maybe it was just a trope, an early 80s trope. I guess. I don't know. Have a crazy guy and have a black yeah, guy. Exactly. And, you know. Yeah. He's definitely not. So this gorilla guy is. He's a lot nicer than B.A. And he's actually this kind of nice guy that's just a strong man, essentially, you know. Yeah. And they give him a lot of comic lines, too. Mm-hmm. Like he's always the one rolling his eyes and and 
in landing a punchline. I say landing. Uh, they, they oh, there's some really, obvious times where they're not they're not connecting at all with a music cue. Yeah, like it was like, oh boy, I hope he's not driving. And then it's like, there's actually a musical. You know, it's like, and you think unbelievable. That's what I thought. Just like they work in this dumb, you know. Saturday morning cartoon music at times. Um, I, I, I kept thinking, like, are you watching the dailies of this movie you're shooting? Like, you, you're almost two hours worth of this. Like, you have you been reviewing what you're getting in the camera? Because it stinks. <laughs> but they all they're all proceeding like they think this is great. Oh, this is gonna. This is gold. I, I, I wanted to talk real quick. We have a an almost love scene at one point where they're right. they're kind of you know they're sort of chilling out, waiting for you know they're going to plan their uh, invasion of this uh, the the bad guys compound or whatever. So you have Steve Chase and Candy Cane. They're sitting there. We have set up no. Um, chemistry between them at all there's oh one thing that i wanted to say what that was really hilarious so i'm going to backtrack a little bit they're on the airplane right and they go around to the different ones and there's a so they're on like a private jet and they go around to the different ones and there's a woman with going around with hors d'oeuvres or hors d'oeuvres and after a couple of minutes they pan over to candy cane and they've suddenly discovered that she's on the plane right <laughs> As if it's a plane that'll <laughs> seat maybe it'll seat maybe ten people. Yeah, and they've suddenly discovered that this blonde, this pretty blonde woman, is on the plane with them. Yeah, and they're <laughs> like, "Hey, <laughs> was she hiding somewhere? Didn't How seem do to you be. not she know who else is on the yeah. plane with you." Yeah, I know. That I was know. that struck me as really funny. So let's cut ahead to like they're let's, sitting let's on. Keep going. So they get on there. a bank of like a we... river or whatever. He's talking to her and they're having this little conversation about how they're going to rescue his, her dad or whatever. And they're, you know, sitting close together and his first move, he licks her shoulder, right? Yep. That's your first, that's your, just, just a classic. (laughs) He spent the whole movie really nagging her, just really hating her. No girls allowed, particularly not this one. You know, we, we, I can't operate with someone, you know, not, not a pretty distraction like you, but you know, you're scum. Yeah. No <laughs> one girl, feel girls are terrible. Yeah. You're, and you are particularly bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so suddenly in this scene, we're sitting there and he's like, you know, I always knew you were. And he's like, right on her. Like he's way in her personal space and her performance is just like, as though that's not happening, as though he's not literally six inches off her shoulder. And he's like touching her shoulder. And then he does that weird lick move. He's kind of kissing her shoulder and like fiddling with her hair. And and she's like, obviously and, dubbed. She is not, is, you know. It's the b- most bizarre scene from several uh, facets. One, you're like, did we just cut out a whole bunch where he went from like, I hate you to like, I'm really into you. And secondly, who taught you to woo women? Like, what is happening here? This Your is the first strangest. Room, lick the shoulder. Yeah, it's very, very strange. Um, because he clearly thinks he's 
you know, I had the thought that maybe he was a virgin, the actor, and didn't know how. <laughs> and he's didn't maybe know how stuff worked. He's a good. It was like we were we were seven or eight. We were kids. And that's the kind of thing we would imagine if we had to script. So what do you scene, do? You like, lick her shoulder yeah. first. Yeah, first you got to let her know you're interested. <laughs> and he's a good. He's a good fifteen or twenty years older than her, right? And that's yeah, and that's yeah. the funny thing with all these guys when he assembled. I mean, she to be to be clear, she doesn't read as underage. No, no, no. You know, she doesn't she's read. Like as, you know, her... she reads. Yeah, late twenties, maybe. And he's like 40, 45, something like that. And that's the yeah. funny thing with this team that he assembles. Maybe this is why he can assemble them. But these guys are all like 40, 45, 50 years old, and apparently have no attachments. There's no wife. There's no children. You know, it's just like, sure, I can go with my buddy, you know, who we've gone on these previous missions before. But so then he kisses her and then all the <laughs> buddies like, start catcalling. Yeah. And they're standing in a line mm -hmm. behind them. So mm -hmm. they're like on this little thing and then just a little bit up the slope behind them. There's. Gypsy Pete or whatever his name is and the fly and gorilla and hot dog standing in a line shoulder to shoulder. Like they're kind of lined up like background singers. Mm -hmm. They're, they're all in a little cluster being like, oh, looking good, my friend. Or, you know, it's just, and then the two of them have one of those like early eighties commercial moments. Like when you make this kind of like ancient Chinese secret, huh? The two of them like, yeah. Oh, you guys, and the thing that's hilarious about this movie is it's like they made an exploitation film and right. removed all the exploitation aspects. There's no blood or gore of any kind. There's no profanity. There's no sex or nudity. So it's like this would be the time in a typical uh, exploitation movie of this period where you have the sex scene where the, you know, the girl is topless or whatever. That doesn't happen because they cut away from it. Marduk, they say, is his um, weakness as beautiful women. So he has this group of beautiful women that are around him. They're never naked, right? And he has, and that was another weird thing that I didn't understand. I was waiting till we got to this. He has... I don't know if it's his girlfriend. I don't know if it's his wife. I don't know if it's his, you know, like side mom. <laughs> yeah. This woman with pink hair. She's like this punk rock, like pink hair girl. Bubble gum, bubble gum, pink yeah, hair, bubble gum, bubble pink, gum, you know, bright pink. pink. Uh, I shade, uh, I, um, um, what, what, what's the makeup that you wear on the upper eyelid under your eyebrow, whatever. Uh, like, uh, it's not mascara, but, uh, you know, yeah, anyway, you get the idea. I don't know about so she's made, but but yeah. the but the pink is a definite choice, and she commits to it. Like bright, there's a lot of bright, bright, bright pink. neon pink, and she continuously through the movie like gives him updates and be like, oh, they beat all your uh, elite guys. Then they did this, and the running joke then, in the movie is that don't she gives nickname. Yeah, she. Oh, what is her nickname? No, no, the nickname oh. she gives him. Well, she just give, provides these terms of endearment like cupcake or popsicle or whatever. And he keeps saying, Honey, bunny. Yeah. Don't cutesy, say this. Cutesy little. Yeah. 
don't say this in front of the girls, not in front of the girls. How many times? And, you know, that's it on. And that's like a, the height of humor for this movie that, you know. <laughs> so I don't. The whole time he's got a voice like this and he's got this ridiculous mustache and beard. Not in front of the girls. Not in front of the girls. <laughs> it's just so weird. But it's like, oh, why do you weird. make this exploitation movie with none of the exploitation aspects of it? It's it's based. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to my. I have kind of a theory about this movie that I'll, I'll say later on. But it's like they made this for children, right? It's mm-hmm. like let's make a kung fu movie. Let's make an exploitation movie for kids. So it's not gonna have any blood or gore. It's not going to have any sex. It's not going to have any profanity. We're going to leave all that stuff out, right? And even the kung fu fighting, which is violence, it's all like watching a match, right? It's all like real clean kicks. And it's, you know, there are some moments of virtuosity, but, you know, it's like nobody breaks, bloodies their nose. Nobody, nobody breaks their neck. Nobody cuts anybody's right. head off. Nobody kills anyone. You know, there's no chokeholds where you choke a guy out. They're, and that's they the hilarious sort of, thing. The uh, movie you is beat called, me. You beat me. And then they kind of, you know, exit. This movie is called Kill and Kill Again, and almost nobody <laughs> dies. It's like the G.I. Joe cartoon where, you right. know, they would... the. They shoot a rocket launcher to the helicopter and the Cobra guys parachute. You always see the guy parachute out so he doesn't get killed, right? It's I'm just, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm unhurt. It's, it's weird that it's, I don't know. I mean, was this movie made, did they make it for children? I don't know. I so we, and I, I will say this, I don't care. No, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't I, don't I think, we, you know, we, we're, we're, we're coming around full circle. So guess what? The good guys win. Mm-hmm. Um, they get they get the scientist. I mean, the scientist father has some wonderful baloney dialogue. Um, he, he he gets Marduk in a sort of a headlock and makes Marduk. He's like, repeat after me. And he makes Marduk unbrainwash everyone. You are free. You know, mm-hmm. you. Uh, I am the enemy, you know. And so then they all kind of come after him and do we see them beat him up or is it just him just skadoodling and they all run? Well, okay. oh, the helicopter, so we, the helicopter, yeah, we they run for the so, helicopter. So I don't know if I, I said this at the beginning or not, but I, uh, I watched this movie when I was like eight or nine years old on HBO. And the one thing that I remembered from this was the Marduk and the pink haired lady try to escape in this helicopter that they have. That is like the smallest helicopter I've ever seen. So they try to fly away and gorilla grabs the propeller and holds onto it. So they can't take off. That was the one One, thing that one of the upper, not the rear propeller, but like one of the blades of the propeller of the, the top propeller of the thing. And this, they just keep, it goes on and on. They just keep trying to like, squeeze the throttle or pump the pedals or like, you know, faster, you know, shake him off. I, I'm like, what are you doing? This is not how helicopters work. Uh, until and, ultimately, what does he do? He, well, the pink hair runs out. She's like, fuck this. You know, I'm she, getting out of here. And she, she runs out, but gorilla holds on to it. Yeah. The, the other bad guys come in and start in the, and Marduk's like, you fools don't shoot. And they start shooting Like the first gun. They somehow find a gun on this Island. There's no guns in this movie until mm-hmm. the end. Right. 
They come out with a gun. He's like, no, you fools, don't shoot. And Gorilla lets go and jumps out of the way. Yeah, he lets and go. They, sh- they shoot and they hit the helicopter and the helicopter explodes in a fireball. And there's clearly no one in the helicopter when it explodes. You can right, see but I think the implication is the implication is supposed Marduk to be Marduk died, right? They they didn't, but I don't even think they had a dummy in it or anything. So yeah, it explodes, and then that's kind of the end. Oh, and we find out that Candy Kane wasn't the um she wasn't the daughter of the scientist at all. She was just a at secret all. agent that was supposed to go in and fight. So there's some other woman that's his, that's his daughter. But and this was, we're this done. Was, we, we made it through. This was my thought on this film. This is what it felt like to me. So when you and I were kids, um, you had a super eight camera and we used yeah. to make our own movies. So we made, yeah. you know, Star Wars movies with our action figures. We made like cops and robbers movies and we made, um, Kung Fu movies. And it was almost like this was the movie that was in our heads when we'd made a Kung right. Fu movie because right. this is like a Kung Fu movie made for children. It's almost as if, and I'm, I'm sure this didn't written happen. by children. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's almost like, and I'm sure this didn't happen, but it was almost like a couple of film executives. So I looked it up. The budget on this was $850,000. So it was almost, and the thing is like the movie doesn't look bad. Like it's shot pretty well, but it was almost as if a couple of executives said, you know, who loves Kung Fu movies, 10 year old boys, let's hire a couple of 10 year old boys to write a movie from us and for us. And we'll just shoot it, you know, cause you watch it and you like this dialogue, like the thing about the potatoes you're just like, did adults actually write this script? You know, does it not totally feel like a movie written for by? Ch- so like, you I did to- laugh out loud at that, and I thought I don't think they meant that to be a punchline. Like, no, they had to know the, how ridiculous that was. But there but were such obvious like- punchlines in the movie; where none of them were funny. But that particular line was so absurd that it did, I did laugh out loud. But it felt like the movie that you and I would have written when we were 10 years old. And if somehow we would have had as, uh, you know, uh, access to a movie studio and they'd be like, we're going to take $850,000 and we're just going to shoot this script that these kids wrote. You know, that's yeah. exactly what this. And it's right down to the, your 10 years, your 10 year old boy and your you're like, girls are gross. So I don't want to have girls, you know, I don't want to have a girl come along because they can't fight. Not on my adventure. Yeah, right? girls are girls are gross. And, you know, again, all the stuff of, it's just so weird that there's no sex, there's no gore at all. I don't know if there is an uncut version of this out there somewhere or if this was just how this was made, but I, I don't know who this was intended for. Well, I mean, I agree with you. I also think it's too long. It is. Yeah. You could just, you could just take an editing pen to this thing. And I think you could easily cut out 45 minutes. Yeah. Of this movie. And you, 
I, I realize in describing it, I'm like enjoying ripping it open with you, but we're making it sound more entertaining than the film was. <laughs> like, yeah, we made it sound film, more fun. I, than I literally fell asleep. I mm -hmm. fell asleep and I wasn't watching it in the middle of the day. I put the kids to bed and I went down to watch this and halfway through it, uh, I, you know, I woke up and, and I realized, oh, snap, the last thing I remember was 20 minutes ago. Like the, I, I have to rewind another night and watch the second half of this. So, it, you know, I, I think you could have lost, even if you kept all the dialogue, you could have just lost a ton of meaningless karate fighting that wasn't that spectacular and didn't no. drive the plot forward at all, you know? And I think if if they had made it a real uh, exploitation film, you know, had some gore in it, um, you know, for the time, it's it's so bizarre that there was no sex in this. It's just weird. Um, I don't know. It's it's just hard to. Uh... I I think you're right. I think they had they must have decided. You know, where we want a PG rating. And, and this is rated. Really, I don't know if it was at the time because it didn't. Because I don't think it existed until about eighty four. But um, the way this came up was as a PG thirteen. When it's it's like what's PG thirteen? What? I, I don't even. I don't know. Swear not right anything. There, yeah, there's no swearing. I don't even think they say damn or hell or anything. Oh, and one thing that I wanted to say very quickly. Um, I don't know what you watch this on. I started on Prime. The prime. Yeah, that's what I watched it on. Oh, okay. So the prime trailer looks great. And then you watch the movie and it's pan and scan and it looks pretty bad. So I watched it on uh, Tubi, T U B I, which has commercials, but it's widescreen and a HD ish. Um, it looks way, way better than the prime version. Mm. So if, if, if anybody who wants to watch this, watch it on Tubi. The the uh, commercials aren't too, you know, obtrusive. So, well, we're almost at time, but so what would your recommendation be on this? Cause I've certainly had a good time talking about it with you. Yeah. It's a lot more fun to talk about than it is to watch. I would say it's not, you know, there's, it's a dumb movie. It's bad. I mean, this might, is this the worst movie that we watched? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the only other thing that I can think of like that is along these lines, which I, I think is a more competent movie is something like Johnny Mnemonic. But this, I think this is probably the worst thing that we've watched. Yeah. I didn't like Johnny Mnemonic at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, I think if you were gonna, if you went into this, like with a buddy, like you and I, that you like to, what, didn't you say that there was an MS, uh, there's a, rift K, there's a rift track rift track to this that this is perfect fodder for that there yeah. were so many times that i imagined you know a funny comedian making a, a zing over some absurd um moment in the film that yeah i think no, if you were gonna like play, use it as a drinking game or you know th that might be kind of fun to do or have it on the background of a party as long as you're willing to like keep your thumb on the fast forward button to be like, okay, I, there's yeah. another 10 minute karate scene that doesn't mean anything. And maybe I'll just skip through some of this, you know, cause the karate at least is all in earnest. Right. They don't, you know, when they do karate, they're like, 
now it's time for a karate scene, which we all take very seriously. And it goes on way too long. And you're like, oh, another one. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't enjoy this movie, although I've certainly enjoyed talking about it with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot to laugh at and marvel at. So I don't I don't want to be like, don't waste your time with this movie. But I, I would I would say it's corny and it's fun. And maybe the riff tracks thing is the way to go, because it might like be, you yeah. say, there's this kind of grand mystery of like, who is this for? What what you know, what was the what were they aiming for here? You know, because what you get is really your description, I think, is right on the money. It feels like it was written by a couple of 10 year old boys. Mm-hmm. And there are no standout scenes. It's not like, wow, you know, so they have this this whole uh, tournament at the end culminating in um, Steve Chase fights the Optimus, who is this big, like 50 year old man who you know, and he beats him, but it's not like, you know, he chops the guy's head off or um, there's not any, you know, big battle where you're like, wow, that was really cool. Um, that you could even like just sit with a couple of friends with some beers and watch it and just laugh at it. I don't know. It, it has a, not only has 557 ratings, but it has a 5.1 on uh imdb which i think is kind of funny yeah i i guess there are entertaining moments in it that would be more entertaining if we had watched it together if i had watched it with someone yeah it would have been a fun like uh you know sort of group watch whatever the thing that i did not know about this is this is actually a sequel to another movie with the same directed by the same guy and it has the same guy as the lead. And the original title of it is called Karate Killer, but it comes up as on Amazon as Killer Be Killed. So I don't know if that one's worth watching or not, but Well, I'm gonna vote no, not right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't yeah. I'm gonna agree. I just thought it was it was more boring than entertaining. Uh, although there were yeah. definite n- elements that i i thought were like perfect for this podcast and uh, you know i don't regret having seen it but i said to my wife heading downstairs to watch the second half of it i'm like if i'm honest i really don't want to watch the second half of this and she's like don't and i thought but we're gonna get on the podcast i don't want to be like i i literally couldn't bring myself to watch the second half of this i'm not gonna lie i fast forwarded a little bit at the end with the uh the fight scenes. I was just like, you know, where hot dog is fighting the guy and all that. I'm just like, yeah, oh. we get it's it. It's not we like get there's it. any, and even like the stuff where, uh, Steve chase or whatever his name is, is flipping over the Optimus guy. I, I think that was somebody in a wig. I don't think it was the actual guy, you know? So yeah, it's not, uh, it's kind of a near miss. I would say if it had a little more, oomph to it if it had some some neat kills or something like that but it's it's killer be killed and basically nobody gets killed in it except the marduk in the end where they blow up his helicopter i don't know if yeah, there's, there's no person they've got killed there's no stakes and you don't care about any of the characters yeah so i don't as campy and funny and 
you know, unintentionally uh, offensive and all of these kind of ripe things that you want to pick apart in a, in a movie, there are no stakes and you don't care about any of the people on screen. So yeah. I just don't know how you can have a movie that's entertaining that doesn't meet those two those two benchmarks. Yeah, um, totally agree. But so, I mean, I guess that's a thumbs down for me. But if you're yeah. the kind of nerd that likes to watch weird old movies, then you should check it out. <laughs> thumbs down for me, too. I mean, it's it's a it's a bad it's a bad movie and it's not so bad. It's good. It doesn't fall into right. that category. Right. right. I thought from I thought at the beginning that it might be. But then I thought, well, if it's so bad, it's good. Why haven't I heard of it? And then I'm like, yeah, oh, we watched the whole thing. I'm like, That's so we're happens. whatever, like 25, something like 25 episodes in. And I'm going to say this is the worst uh, thing that we've watched. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to commit myself, but. Yeah. So what do you want to do next? We, we've we got a bunch of stuff that we've been doing off uh, mic that, w- that we're keeping yeah, this around was episode here. 25. I just looked at it just now. So are we going to do so under, underwater next? What we, we definitely have got underwater on deck because we both watched it relatively recently. And mm-hmm. that's a modern one that I think ticks a number of the boxes that we talk about here. I think it's definitely a candidate. Mm-hmm. You've also brought up Megaforce, which I think is more in this vein. Yeah, Megaforce. Um, um, I'm just looking through kind of stuff that I made notes of. Uh, Saturn 3. Um, Saturn 3. And that's you, with you ping, you pinged Young Einstein. Young Einstein, uh, Rawhead Rex, Razorback. Um, right. Why don't you know what? Why don't we talk about Underwater next before it gets cold in my brain sure okay because i i really just watched it a couple of nights ago so it's pretty fresh and i'm not sure when you're available to record again but for next time um we're gonna do the movie underwater it's a recent movie basically it's alien but underwater Mm -hmm. um and if you have feedback or suggestions or requests chris and chris talk movies at gmail.com we would love to hear from you. Um, and otherwise, you know, check out Underwater. You can stream it, I believe. Was it Netflix or is it Amazon or where is it? Mm, I don't remember. I, think you prob- I don't think it's on Netflix. I, I think you'd have to watch it on Prime. I, I think but anyway, check it out with us. And uh, we will be talking about that next time. And until then, um, have a great week and thanks for listening.